Hi, it's Pete Price, and this week's podcast is with Bobby Davro, Mr. Show Business himself. He talks about what's happening in lockdown. It's, hey, I'm going to not give anything away. Have a listen, because he's great. Bobby Davro with Pete Price. Liverpool Live. You have been with us how long now, Bobby? Well, about uh, 30 seconds. No, I mean, how long no, you can be your soft... Well, I'm pushing 60. No, I'm not pushing it, I'm dragging it. I'm 62 <laughs> and I've been in show business for 45 years now, wow. but live... Do you remember ma- where we first met? No, I don't. It was on a show called Up to the Cup. Really? Yes, and you had a, 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 a suit on that had um, newspapers. That's that right. Made That's out of right. newspapers. Yeah. Or it oh. could have been... It could have been... Um, that's something we did at Central. Don't you Central? What? Well, when it was at Central, it was, that was, um, um, You're a Star. Um, no, not no. No, right. It must have been, was it one of those discussion programmes? No, it no. wasn't. It was a performance show. Right. And it was with John, who was it, the producer, scared the hell out John, of us all. John, John, oh, John, oh, I remember him. Oh, my word, John, John, oh. Go now on, now you've no. got me. Because he did the no. first, he he did the first ever one with Freddie Starr, which was uh, the 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 Russad Madhouse. So the first not John Lloyd was it John Lloyd? Not John Lloyd. No, sorry about this, John ladies Thomas. and gentlemen. We're, we're both ha- who? Uh, no, John Thomas. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that because we're running out of time. We've only got yes, an hour. Yeah. You know, anyway, it's so, great to be here, and it's good that we're still above ground, both of us. Hey. How have you coped with lockdown, Bob? Dreadful. Great, I opened my diary. I've had no work. I've got to be honest with you. I opened up my diary and I got snow blind. <laughs> I don't know what... I just haven't worked. I miss it so much. It's a good I job really you got it. a few bob. Well, I used to have, but, uh, you know, I've sort of flattered it away in the last year. I was trying to survive. Bobby, what's been your happiest time in your career? Because you've had a phenomenal career. What's been the happiest time? I guess the creative side of things. When I went back in the late 80s, I was doing all those TV shows, impressions and, and singing and all that stuff. And it was a creative um, moment, yeah, part of my career. And I love that. And that's what I miss more than anything. And um, there's nowhere to be really creative. And so I think that would be the happiest time. Yeah. By the way, was it John Bishop? Yes, John Bishop. John Bishop. I'm glad I got that name out. Yeah, scary man. He was a scary man. He was a scary man. Do you find that comedy, and and please speak truthfully about this, because it's not being bitter or anything like that. Do you think comedy's changed, and has it changed for the better or not, well, in your opinion? I mean, I, well, I mean, it's, it's changed. It certainly has changed. But um, for the better, I don't know. If I think it's, it's a, a, an era... You know, I mean, I still find the young comics. I like the Michael McIntyre's, I like him, he makes me laugh, you know. And John Bishop is up up there, you know, with you, uh, <laughs> scouters, and he's great comics. There's so many great comics now, but there was great comics then. And, yeah, and I yeah. think it's, it's, it's a sense of humour. It's, it's, it's a personal thing, isn't it? What I don't like, though, and the only thing I don't like is when we've got the greats like um, Bob and Tommy Cooper, who we've lost, and people like that, when we lose them, we don't lose the gags, because the gags are always there. We lose their personalities, and we lose their stage presence, which a lot of, to me, the new young comics have not got at all. Well, we were just talking about that, me and my girlfriend, and we were talking about the the, uh, stage craft. Yeah. Maybe they don't have that. I mean, Frankie Vaughan told me how to take a round of applause, and it's a choreographed piece of stagecraft. 
And there's things that I've learned over my years in show business that are, uh, are so valuable and are so valid still um, that the youngsters maybe don't know. And I always pass on my tricks of the trade because I think it's important to. Absolutely. You know, otherwise, they're going to get forgotten. You mentioned Frankie Vaughan, and you just reminded me of something happened to me, which I love. When I was a compere for so many years at Fagan's and the Shakespeare, I mm. didn't know how to take applause or to take a bow because I was the compere. So I, it was my room. I did it whatever I wanted to do and worked yeah. it. And I said to him, I, I don't know how to go out and actually when I went on the road to take a bow. And in that voice, and I'm not an impressionist, but, you know, it was, hey, <laughs> Peter, you don't. Wow. And you got that... Nothing, nothing like it, mate. Shoot you down, but... Go on, then. Go on. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I told you... Okay, thank you, thank you, boy. It's a thing like that. Was, ah, thank um, you. Thank you. It was, uh, and he said to me, he said, can I tell you, he called me, me Bobby, he said, Bobby, can I tell you how to take a bow? I said, yes, Mr. Vaughan. He went, no, call me, friend. And he said, what do you do? Is you take, you finish on a song, open your hands in humbleness, take three steps backwards, and when you and the, the, the technical side of things, when you're moving away from the microphone, yeah. the audience has loved you. Yeah, they think you're not going to do anymore. So, oh, we want you to do more, do more. So when you move away from the microphone, then you take two steps forward. So you're only one step away, and as yeah. you move towards the microphone, they think you're going to do a bit more. So the applause goes down. Take three steps back again, back and forth, back and forth, and that is what's called milking an audience. Yeah, you know that yourself. Well. He told me the same sort of thing, but he said, when you take a bow, don't take a bow, walk out, walk off with your hands up in the air. So I'm doing yeah. it now while I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's right, right. So I'm doing it now. I rang him up one night and went, I've just worked Kirby Buff's club, and they've wanted a shouting out, what's wrong with your hands, or words to that effect? <laughs> Well, you know, what I always say at the end of the show sometimes, I say, you know, a lot of people walk off stage and everyone shouts, more, 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 and they come back on and they do a bit more. Not me, because I've been left out there so many times. <laughs> I love Strabby, I love performing. I, I've missed it this last, well, how long, over a year. It's been dreadful, Not it's not so much my income, but it's my... It's a life. drug, isn't it? It's a wonderful drug, it's a it's wonderful drug. Yeah, it's yeah. what it is, isn't it? Talking of drugs, have you had your injection, by the way? I have had my injection, I have, and I've just had my gallbladder out, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had the old, I've, I've had mine today, actually, it's good. Tell me, um, when, and you've done some fabulous <coughs> acting acting parts, do you think because you're a stand-up comedy, because you do impressions, do you think that helps with who you are as an actor? Well, I haven't done an awful lot of acting, um, but I, I like acting. Um, I did some stuff on EastEnders, which I enjoyed, I mean, but the only drawback was no disrespect to it. I had to kiss Shirley, um, which was a bit, you know, a bit severe. I should have got, got a BAFTA for kissing her and making it look bastard. <laughs> but see, but it, I, like, I like acting. Yes, I think because I was a sketch comic in the late 80s, um, I think that you can either act or you can't act. Mm. You know, I think it's either there or it's not there. I hadn't had to go to any school to learn acting. Bobby, any light at the end of the tunnel yet? Uh, is your agent talking to you at all? We, we've got a date from the government. Is anything? You do the cruise ships. Is anything happening? Well, there can't be anything happening at the moment because no one can advertise anything because no one knows when they can put the show on. So until they, you get the green light, completely the green light, we can't go out there and work, can we? Mm -hmm. So not really. It'll come. It'll come. You know, I was always very busy 
um, performing. All the stuff that I had in the book for last year has been pushed over to this year, so yeah. as long as, it, as we can do it, and that's all you can hope for. <sighs> Here's a, here's a question I ask many comics, and I love asking this question because I think it's a really interesting question. We've worked in the industry, I'm, a, I'm older than you, so I've been in it longer than you, and I've looked at it, and I still can't understand the phenomena of comics working arenas and why they became the rock stars of arenas, and I don't understand how it happened. Do you know? No, and I, 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 I ask the same question. I mean, however good they are, I can't believe how one minute they're, they're on a, a panel show and, and the next minute they're sitting arenas. I, I don't understand that, no. But the other question is, is, as a comedian, we all have, excuse me, we all have good nights and then we have bad nights. How come that, if we go out and we, and we all struggle sometimes, you sort of, they, they say, darn your ass, if you want to use that expression, mm-hmm. can never figure out how it can be on that. Well, not two people not liking it, but how, why does the whole room not find it funny? Can you figure that out, how it spreads? It's interesting. It's, yeah, it's really interesting you said that because the last two weeks uh, in my column in the Echo, Liverpool Echo, I've written about dying on stage and also doing well on stage. And yes. I, I mentioned that if it goes, one person's not happy, they can actually change a whole audience. And you've got to look at yourself and think, I've been doing it for 40 years, so it can't be just me. No, it isn't me. I never blame myself. I just, I've never figured out how that. Because you can actually go out and you tear the place apart and everyone loves you one night and you go out and you do a different audience and you struggle. And I can never figure out why that is. I've never yeah. been able to figure it out. I think that, that it depends on a lot of things. Maybe the audience will be drunk or they're... But on mass, I've never figured it out on mass. One or two tables not liking me, I get that. But not on mass. I've never figured it out. It spreads like an... And it spreads like a, uh, an atmosphere, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my first ever uh, in the northeast was Stanley uh, Workingmen's Club, and I walked out, and I promise you, and I wrote about this, I promise you, I didn't even do a gag. I said, good evening, and they went, get off his crap. I, yeah, but that's nowhere your fault. That's, no, that's not your fault. Yeah, no. It but, can't be your fault. But I, I went outside. I, I, was, I was fighting on stage trying to keep there. Went out, and they'd put all my clothes outside the, uh, the room I was changing in. And I went to the police station. I went, they just throw me off the stage. I was quite new to the business. <laughs> they just throw me off the stage. And he went, well, you must be crap. So... I, uh, I, what no, was that opening? I used to be so bad. This is great to be here tonight. I used to say, I worked with a comic last week. He was so bad, the audience was still booing him when I was on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes audiences don't really want to have you. They they're not. You're not. Sometimes you're not right for the audience. Either. Yeah, absolutely. But I think what happens is that when if you're if people buy tickets to come and see Beat Price or, or Bobby Dav, they buy tickets. They're going to come and they want to see you. And then you, you, you nine times out of ten, you'll get a, a great result. But if you're actually at a place where they couldn't care who you were, uh, then then you, you might struggle. Yeah. Then <laughs> How did you discover, or when did you discover you could do impressions? Because you're doing well. Um, yeah, a lot of people ask me, you don't, they, they say, we don't, you don't do enough impressions. I do do impressions, but I've, I've sort of came away from being just an impressionist. I want you to be an entertainer. And that's, a lot, actually, my act is singing. I'm a singing uh, act. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, people tend to think uh, that I'm an impressionist. And of course, I still include impressions, but I started when I was looking, 14, and... Uh, I, I said, 
I said the other day that I don't put as much practice into them as I used to. Yeah. I used to do it really easily. I've got a friend of mine, Danny Postill, who's a very good impressionist. He seems to be able to do them easily because he's young and he's still trying to get up. You get a little bit late. Maybe I get a bit lazy. I can still do it. Yeah. But I, I have to work harder at it now. Yeah. The cruise ships seem to be the last of the old show business. And uh, when you think of the amount out there, and it's a trillion pound business, um, we need that back. They are the last of the good audiences, aren't they? I wouldn't say audiences. They're the best of the good um, venues. Uh, I wouldn't say audiences. I mean, the trouble is with cruise ships. Uh, I do them, and but sometimes I'm not right because I'm a little bit risque. I'm a little bit oh, strong. Right, right. You know, I'm a bit dangerous. I want to be the funniest man I ever met was Freddie Starr. Without a doubt, he was the funniest man I ever saw. He was dangerous, and that's what I loved about him, and that's what I want to be. I've always been a bit dangerous, and maybe I'm not. You know, when you, yourself, you've done cruise trips, they want somebody that yeah, hey, they like to chase things, but you mm. don't. You can go out and tear the rockets out yeah, of an yeah. audience on a cruise ship. Thousand people when they stand up at the end, always smile. Two people go to the to, to the cruise director and say we didn't like it, and they listen to those two people. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're so right. You have to be unrisque completely on the cruise ships, but they are magnificent theatres, aren't they? Wonderful, and that's where I love working because I use videos and I use pictures in my show. When I can do my show properly, you know, I still I don't mean it's inconsiderate. Well, I think we have a very good show. You know, not everyone's cup of tea, but that doesn't matter. But that's what that's what entertainment's about. All of us are nobody's cup of tea, you know, or some people's cup of tea, and it, that's what yeah. makes this industry beautiful. Well, I had an experience when I was on a, on a plane flying out to Portugal with all the old footballers. I went to the loo and I did the old visual gag where I opened the door and had my foot and pretended it was my nose. I went in had my wee and then I came out with the toilet paper down the back of my trousers. I was walking down the aisle and it followed me out of the toilet and all my mates were laughing. This woman said, Excuse me. He said, you're not funny. I said, I'm sorry? He said, I don't think you're funny. I said, well, all your mates are laughing. She said, well, I don't think you're funny. And I said, well, I don't think you're attractive. But it doesn't mean to say that somebody with dodgy eyesight. And she said, well, I find that, thank you. I said, well, don't worry. Well, why do you need to say? And it's just not your cup of tea. I'm not bothered that you don't find me funny. Mm. I'm not. I'm not. If I go somewhere and I do my act and people don't think I'm funny, it's okay. Yeah. interesting. Bobby, to finish off, I've got to ask, is there an ultimate gig? You've done some amazing theatres, you've done some amazing, amazing television, you've done some amazing work, you've had a great, great career, and you still will have a great career when this pandemic finishes. Is there something you really would love to do? Um, maybe I'd like to do a musical of some sort. I never did a musical, and as I say, I love singing. I haven't found musicals, there's not been much that's really tempted me to, to do a musical, but I feel as though I could do a musical, and as long as I enjoyed it, I have to do stuff now that I enjoy. I don't like the fact that television for my generation is about, I mean, I say this in the front, I said you can't, would stay on the floor, bake a cake or dig you like, you can't get on. And, and it's a shame that my talent isn't 
uh, used now on television. They want to they'll use me, but it's for things like cooking or singing by the back of not a big brother or, or dancing on ice, which I couldn't do. I was dreadful at dancing on ice. Why do they want to put you into things that you don't do particularly well when the things that I do do well, they won't give me a chance to do? And I mm. think that's what frustrates me. I'm not bitter at all. No, 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 no. I understand that. No, we're talking. With, with the, it's nothing to do with business. I think it's very, very sensible and very, you know, you do that. I mean, dancing and ice, I believe, is coming to an end soon because so many injuries... Well, maybe, yeah. I think, yeah, it was dreadful. I just coated my knee and smacked my head on the thing, and it was awful. And I was awful as well. Oh, I've got to go to the news. I've finally <laughs> oh, got to, so talk to talk to you. You're a joy to talk to you. are a lovely man. And Billy yeah. Butler sends his fondest love. Give me my love, old Billy Butler. You're good boys that we are there. Give my love to everyone. That was Bobby Davro, wasn't it great? And if you subscribe, you can listen to all our podcasts. It doesn't cost you a penny. Liverpool Live!